everyone, welcome to the new season of uh, Freelance Creative Exchange. I am your host, Jace. So over the years, we have met many Singaporean creatives who have headed overseas to hone their craft and pursue their goal. So in this Singaporeans Abroad editions, we wanted to learn more about how they started out in overseas, right, and built their career. So today, we are very happy to be on a call with Gerald, who is actually currently based in Vancouver. Hi, Gerald. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. Really happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you for the time as well. So, Gerald is actually a Vancouver-based cinematographer whose narrative work has actually been screened in film festival internationally. So, most recent being the award-winning feature Love Possibly, which won the international best in festival at uh, Catalina Film Festival, right? Um, and also many others. So, Gerald, thank you so much again for the time to talk to us. So can you share with us some of the projects they are working on right now? Um, I'm recently, I've been working on a lot of narrative work because uh, commercial projects are a bit slower, harder to get now because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm deep in pre-production on this uh, film called Mom vs. Machine. And we just got word a couple of days ago that we secured the funding. So there's going to be really good support behind this one. It's a really interesting short about um, family dynamics of this Indian family, but then there's some, some absurdism in there. It's about this machine that makes food and then becomes like too much and it takes over their life. I think it, it could be a really interesting uh, festival type film. Right. And we've got a really good team. And um, I've got a couple of projects that are in post-production, like uh, one called Riverboy Blues we shot with um, really good director it's a small film but we shot it all around bc and lower mainland and i yeah I, we expected to do very well in, in the festival run mm. um and yeah like soon i'll have say a music video coming up um with an up-and-coming artist that's quite exciting i think we get like fair amount of budget and uh, some flexibility but i think covid will get in the way of of something, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations! It seems like you have the whole pipeline of project that has actually been lined up for you. Some, yeah, but these these projects tend to be quite stretched out, so they last a while. But then there's a lot of pre-production. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Talking about COVID, how has actually COVID, you know, affected your work as a cinematographer? Uh, I think the main problem is because of. COVID, we can only have half the size of the crew sometimes. Um, and working with actors is much harder because they're exposed. So I, like, for example, I just shot this other short where we were in a barbershop the whole day and there's just two, the two main actresses were sitting there and they can't wear their masks. So the whole crew has to wear masks and face shields to protect them, which makes sense. But it, sometimes you can't hear people, everything is slower. You, you gotta stand apart. I feel like half the time on set, you, you just these people asking, "What? What? Nobody can hear anything. Everything is longer. Everything is longer." This seems to be the uh, practice that were put in place, lah. Yeah. yeah, but of course, as creative ourselves, I think I'm sure there's uh there's a way that we will learn to cope with this new normal in a way. Yeah, it's interesting <laughs> to see everybody just still working and doing mm. what they need to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's also a lot more, uh, I would say, remote collaboration right now. 
right? Um, oh, like, yeah. uh, I just had a freelancer who is actually doing producing for a shoot in Japan with the Japan team, but she is actually remotely uh, looking at the scene from Singapore. So I thought that was quite interesting, right? She's a producer, oh, yeah. but she's actually like remote working and then looking at the uh, uh, what's yeah. happening, you know, things like that. So, so I thought that that's quite nice. I mean, in a way. We- we did the we're doing the same thing a lot right i shot i shot a music video where we had a team in nashville uh doing the scene and we're just watching through the monitor uh i shot um this other music video with michael buble recently well not recently a while ago Mm. and yeah we had the the clients and the, the the main director watching through the monitor and they were in london on london time so it was four in the morning and and you have yeah you know, over the air, like, it's so strange. And everything takes longer. Because <laughs> right, you're right. like, you can't see sure. what you're doing. Let's look towards a brighter future. Right. Yeah. Um, but maybe um, just share with us a little bit more about why you decided to move to Vancouver. Uh, so, um, a little bit of background, I guess. So, from Singapore, I moved to London. And I, I lived there for eight years. And then after that, we came to Vancouver. Um, the reason I moved to Vancouver is not really the same as when I went to London, but because there, there are personal reasons why I moved to Vancouver, like my, my wife is a PR here. Um, but the reason Vancouver over other parts of Canada, uh, I think mainly because it's right across the border from LA, which is like a thriving film hub. Um, lots of productions go on there, obviously, because Hollywood's right there. Uh, and I'm hoping to eventually be able to break into that market as well. Uh, Canada has like some great film unions, just like the US, the CSC, IATSE, all uh, some of the best in the world. And some of the best filmmakers in the world come from here, as well as across the world in America. Uh, you've got highly skilled crew, like union people who are you know, working on the biggest films in the world and shows. Uh, they, they regularly shoot lots of shows around here as well in Canada because Vancouver is similar to America. Sometimes you can see films that are supposed to be shows that are supposed to be in America. They're actually in Vancouver. Yeah, so that's the main reason I moved here on a technic- from a technical perspective. So currently comparing, I mean, after working in, I would say, three different countries, uh, maybe Singapore, right, uh, London and Vancouver, between the three countries, right, in terms of the opportunities that you are looking for, right, how different it is? So, um, I think London and Vancouver have a similar level of opportunity. Maybe there's more in London because it's such, I mean, it's a big, big city. Some, uh, it's one of the main cities in the world. So the amount of opportunity in London is definitely higher. But uh, Vancouver has the benefit of all of Canada in a way because it's like all of the, all of the productions half of them come through here. So in terms of opportunity, if you look at it that way, it's really, really great. And then all this compared to Singapore, I find in Singapore, the industry is small and that's not our fault. We are small, Um, but it results in less opportunity because 
there's less a smaller scale and so sometimes with a smaller scale comes smaller budgets which means it's, it's more difficult to achieve the kind of standard that I hope in my career as a cinematographer and my, my work so that's why I found it limiting in terms of opportunity there um, yeah do you think is is there anything that um you know Singapore should look into to change to actually kind of provide more opportunities for creative like yourself? Yeah, I think the one thing I, I the one thing I really think is we need to prioritize some things in Singapore that we don't normally in Singapore everybody's we're, we grow up really hardworking. Most Singaporeans are really hardworking, and we're that's why we're such good technicians. Like, there's good crew in Singapore, um, but how come we don't have more? Uh, maybe good films, for example. How come we don't have more of that? It's not like a good or bad thing. It's just a fact. We're, we are young, but the main thing is it would be nice if Singapore can prioritize maybe storytelling. You look at film like Elo Elo. And you look at a film like The Apprentice, uh, Popeye even, th those recent films that have done so well, uh, exceeded everybody's expectations. And why they are so good is because they focused on the storytelling. It wasn't about some fancy lens. It wasn't about kit. It wasn't about equipment. It wasn't about big sets. It was just honest storytelling uh, and no stereotypes. It was straightforward. And I think if there's anything Singapore can learn uh, to, to inch closer to places like London and the US or Canada with rich film history is, is this, um, in my opinion. But you, you seem to be very in tune with the local scene as well. So how do you keep yourself connected with the local development while you are so far away? <laughs> I hope I, I'm still a bit connected. Sometimes I feel like I, I lose track of what's really going on, but I, I try to keep a connection because it's not like I, just because I've left Singapore, I don't care about it, I care about it. And I, I'm really proud about our culture and it's something I try not to lose. Like I could still speak Mandarin, I can still speak Cantonese. Um, I, I just think, and I still, you know, I still have friends accused there now, right? So I talk to him a lot and we're talking about maybe doing another film together. So. Great. If, you know, people tell me what's happening. I try to watch some films when I can. Um, yeah, I, I think it's important. And I, I would not hesitate to come back to shoot another film because I want to bring what I've learned and what perspective I've gained from being here and outside to come back and tell a story uh, in the way, yeah, you know, in the way that I know how. Yeah, we definitely would love for you to come back more often. So, do you think it's this um, Singapore uh, upbringing that actually helped you to, to start your career overseas? I mean, what is it like yeah. starting out, you know, especially, you know, from Singapore, moving to London, your first foray into the international scene? Uh, well, I was lucky because, yeah, when I moved to London, it wasn't straight, like, immediately to work. I think that would have been impossible. I moved to London to go to uni. And I did a degree in digital cinematography there. And so it gave me a head start because I could meet many different types of people. Um, 
and really get to know them. And so I guess that was the tough part is unlearning all those things I learned and trying to open yourself up to learn what other people can think, what other people may like. And, you know, um, becoming more open-minded, I guess. But all that was made possible because of the way I was brought up in Singapore. So hard work, yeah. Somehow, that, maybe that discipline never went away. Maybe I've calmed down a bit now, but, but <laughs> that, some of that discipline is still there. Still make right. a bit, still this and that. You know, so, and, and this is something that we have inherently and other people may not. Uh, we have also a sensitivity to different languages. We can, we have, yeah, like, we're just more sensitive to different sounds even that other people may not have. So there's so many things that we have. We, we know so much about food uh, and we are such a unique, we have such a unique like nation history and all that. And people don't even know about it. So I think all of that helped because it's memorable. And I guess maybe I was lucky as well because my parents taught me to, to be open-minded. So at least, yeah, I managed to make really, really good friends there. And from there, yeah, I still work with some of these people now. So you went there for your uni, and then after that, you stayed uh, in London uh, for, for your career. So how, how is it like to land your first job offer in, in London? Basically, in school, I, when I was doing the uni thing, I, I was shooting whenever I could, like shorts, short films. Uh, and I think... And of course, everything was just for free at that time. Uh, and then I worked in the lighting department. So I, I guess you mean, how did I get my first job as a DP? Because mm. I, I worked That's in the lighting, the lighting department for three years. Um, mm. And so that was like doing, doing my time, learning from some really good people. And then while doing that, sometimes I would still shoot. And then eventually, Somebody paid me. I can't remember. <laughs> Eventually, somebody paid me. But the first time I, the first time I, I felt like a real DP was, I guess, when I was doing a big, like a bigger fashion thing, like a netapote something. Where I was standing on set, going, "Okay, I think it's real." <laughs> <laughs> you have made a name for yourself, right? <laughs> I hope. I don't. I don't think so. Not yet. <laughs> Maybe in. <laughs> It needs a bit of time, maybe 10 years. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so how, how are you building out your career now in Vancouver? I mean, from London, you know, after spending eight years where you probably already have your own community, you probably already build out like, you know, client, clients' pool, you know, things and things probably is already quite stabilized for you in London. Then you actually, you know, take the courage and move to Vancouver to start all this again. So what yeah. are some of the things that you actually do when you first move to Vancouver to, to, to actually build your second career in that sense in Vancouver? <laughs> the first thing I did was wonder why I did it. But then I, <laughs> yeah, I know the reason. It was tough. But uh, the main thing I'm doing is reaching out to people. And I've been lucky enough that some people have reached out to me as well. Uh, I mean, I put out all the usual social media stuff and the groups and all that. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad that at least I have my work so I don't look like a nobody. At least people, you know, people go, okay, who are you? 
And then they look at the work, go, oh, okay, so he's done something before. Uh, doesn't mean much, but then if you can meet them and you're lucky enough that they give you something small, then it starts from there. I've, I'm not going to lie, it's still difficult. Like, I, I wish I have so much more work, uh, but I'm slowly getting in there. People know who I am. Uh, I've, I'm building a couple of really good relationships with production companies uh, and some directors I really enjoy working with. So it's slow, but yeah, and, and COVID is not helping either. So um, yeah, it's slow, but it's going. So in terms of your rate wise, right, then how do you actually decide, you know, because you moved on to a new new place, new space, you know, new environment. So from a fee perspective, right, then then how how do you actually decide like what might be a right fee for you? So the way I did it was um, first, I think to give myself a rough gauge, I just use a ballpark from what I've been charging in London and and also what I know should be charged. So there's a difference between what you charge and what should be charged. The, the should be charged column is very high and only is, is only given to people shooting the higher stuff. But then there's the, the middle ground where you get something reasonable. So I tried to do that here. And with my first job here, I, I quoted that. Uh, and I also looked up the union rates and tried to scale it understanding the differences in, in uh, currency. Um, and eventually, once I got to know some people, I, you know, it's easier because I can just talk about what the standard rates are, what people earn, that kind of thing. So then it becomes a bit more normal. And sometimes, like, so far, I've, I've only been, I've been lucky enough to be working with production companies who are very reasonable. So the rates that they push out or suggest for me are never, like, um, in South, it's always very reasonable. So it's not been an issue so far. If if I'm doing something for free, then yeah, I know it's for free, it's okay. Depending, yeah, depending on what the project is. Right, right. So looking back, you know, at your years of um, building your career as a cinematographer, I'm just wondering, is there any moment or any situation, right, that you you definitely regret doing or anything that you know you will tell someone that don't repeat the same mistake as I've done uh, I think I guess I almost want to say don't move twice but <laughs> even then it's yeah if there's a good reason it's fine I I can't really think of something not to do but I can say what to do and it is that uh, you should go and do you shouldn't waste time. You should just go and do the things that you want to do and you believe in. And it will, it's got me so far and I'm sure I can always do more, like always. Uh, but as long as you're thinking about it, it will help. I, I don't think there's been a moment I've remembered in my head being like, shouldn't have done that. I regret it and it's changed things. Little things, yeah, like mistakes and stuff all, all the time. But nothing that has been too severe yeah so so moving ahead um would you also consider relocating back to singapore at the moment at the moment no because uh i'm yeah i'm a pr here as well so the my career is just 
starting to pick up here and it's taking time to build. I reckon it will take a while, many years to build. So for now, I don't think I'll be based in Singapore because uh, if I weigh it, there's more opportunity for me here and the, the type of stories that I want to tell. But uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe in the far future, maybe. And also I'm completely happy to come back to, to shoot anytime. I, I like Definitely. that arrangement, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So thank you so much for sharing all this. Well, I just have one last question before I let you go. Right. No is, um, what advice do you have for Singaporean creative who is thinking about moving overseas to work? Well, I think they should do it. <laughs> I think they should do it and they should go there, pick a place that inspires them, go there and meet different types of people uh, and talk to them, hang out with them. You know, I don't know, drink with them, whatever you want. But these are the people that will open your minds and give you the difference in perspective that will make us all better storytellers. All these different people uh, of different colors, instead of being a Singaporean, going somewhere and hanging out with Singaporeans because it feels comfortable, it feels like home. Yeah, nobody says you can't hang out with people from home. But importantly, we have to meet all these different people and, and yeah, just spend time with them. Because I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't do that. So I, I think for any Singaporean thinking of moving abroad to work or even to study, my advice is definitely do that. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the advice. It's great. Right. No Thank you so much. Thank you, Jaro, for giving your time to talk to us, right, and share your expertise. So subscribe and listen to our show, Freelance Creative Exchange on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Check out our website and join our Creative and Works community on Facebook, Instagram, as well as our TikTok. So be kind, stay safe, and we'll chat soon. Thank you everyone. Bye. Thank you.